Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Please be seated. Several weeks ago, uh, our little son Ethan was hanging out with me as I was running bathwater for him, and he was still fully clothed, not quite ready to go in, but he noticed a rubber duck on the other side of the bathtub. And uh, thinking himself much taller than he actually was, he began to lean forward for the duck, uh, when, of course, he uh, leaned a little too far forward and fell face first right into the water. I was right there. I was able to pull him and, and his sopping, wet, red hair out immediately. And he was perfectly safe. He was fine. But he was quite shaken by the experience. And he's been ever so slightly less adventurous since. A uh, little more adventurous still than we'd like, but ever so slightly less adventurous since. Water can be a dangerous thing. Have you ever been trapped underwater? Your lungs start to burn, aching for air. You, your arms start to thrash about as you try to free yourself, doing anything you can to reach the surface because you're not sure how much longer you can make it. The sights and the sounds of the world around you seem to be completely drowned out by the waters that have enveloped you, and you begin to wonder if maybe you will be too. Maybe you've experienced this feeling in a swimming pool, roughhousing with, with your siblings or with friends, or, or out on the lake when your kayak flipped over and you struggled to get out from underneath it. There's no scarier feeling, and it's such a relief when you finally reach the surface and, and are able to take a huge breath and, and fill your lungs once more. It's almost as if you have passed from death to life. I think I've shared in a past sermon here about... Uh, my experience in high school, the first time I went kneeboarding, um, I, I fairly unintelligently let my friend's dad strap me in very tightly without actually paying attention to how to undo those straps. And uh, that led to a, a pretty panicked underwater experience when I found myself upside down in the Columbia River. Well, speaking of rivers, this Sunday of the church here is traditionally when we observe the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River. I think the, the painting that, that's on the screen right now is, is a pretty good representation of what most of us think about when we picture that event. The, the sun shining down pleasantly on the water, Jesus wading in to, to humbly fulfill all righteousness and all of that. And, and I think maybe it was those things. But I invite you to turn to your sermon outline in page two because uh, today I want us to consider that for all of the beauty that may have surrounded this event, Jesus' baptism would end up killing him. Water can be a dangerous thing. When Jesus waded into the Jordan River that day to be baptized by John, he was kicking off his ministry, a ministry that would begin with the waters of the Jordan and would end with the horrors of the cross. This is especially clear to us in Mark's gospel. There are no birth narratives. There are no wise men visiting. There's no 12-year-old Jesus in the temple. 
Mark starts off by jumping right in to Jesus' ministry, starting with his baptism and continuing at breakneck pace to Calvary. Standing waist-high in muddy water that day, Jesus knew that in just a few short years, he would draw his last breath. He knew there was no turning back. And so I wonder if Jesus thought of the cross as John held him down under the water. I wonder if he thought about how crucifixion is really just a violent form of internal drowning. But I also wonder if he thought of the empty tomb as John lifted him back up above the surface and he pulled fresh air back into his lungs, looking forward even then to the new life that would be his on that first Easter Sunday. All of this happened, of course, for you and for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I've sometimes struggled to understand what Jesus' baptism was all about. I I know that that's where where God the Father declared, this is my son. I I know that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit there, and that's where his ministry began. But it's still a bit confusing in some ways. After all, as Mark makes clear in today's gospel reading, John the Baptist was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, if John's baptism was for the forgiveness of sins, then why would Jesus have to be baptized? Don't the scriptures make it clear that Jesus was entirely and uniquely without sin? Well, yes. And in fact, that's that's one of the main reasons that Jesus did step into the murky waters of the Jordan to be baptized by John that day. In his baptism, Jesus chose to stand in the middle of the dirty water with us. In his baptism, Jesus chose to be utterly immersed in the water that had been muddied and soiled by our depravity. In his baptism, Jesus chose to identify himself with sinners, and he began to soak up our sin. He left that river saturated not only with the water of the Jordan, but also burdened by his solidarity with us sinners. A burden that he would take all the way to the cross for us. In a very real way, Jesus' baptism would end up killing him. Something rather incredible also happened that day in the river. Mark tells us that as Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. This event takes us all the way back to the very beginning, where Genesis tells us that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, vigilantly watching over his beloved creation in a divine holding pattern. But that presence of the Spirit was interrupted by the wickedness of man. And just before God introduces to Noah in chapter 6 of Genesis his plans to flood the earth, God says to himself, My spirit shall not abide in man forever. And as the waters of God's judgment covered the earth, it seemed that the Spirit had abandoned altogether a world being drowned for its wickedness. But Jesus' baptism brought the Spirit back to the waters. Noah had sent out a dove that that never returned to him again. But at Jesus' baptism, the Spirit himself returns to the waters in dove-like form restored to the world that had long proven unworthy of his presence. 
In Jesus' baptism, the Spirit hovers over the waters once again. And the Father's voice speaks into creation once again. The Holy Trinity is seen to be at work together to renew the creation that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had made in the beginning. And so in this way, Jesus' baptism becomes a landmark step in God's grand plan to recreate the world. It was also a landmark step in God's grand plan to recreate you. But in order for recreation to take place, what is ruined and corrupted must first be put to death. And so it is that just as Jesus' baptism would end up killing him, your baptism killed you. Water can be a dangerous thing. The water of holy baptism joined with God's word is one of the greatest and most precious treasures that God has given us. But that doesn't make it any less deadly. And so Paul tells us, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In other words, when you were baptized, you died. In this holy drowning, you were put to death, held under the water until you couldn't last any longer. Whether you were dunked or or sprinkled or had water poured over your forehead at the baptismal font, that water drowned you. Your baptism killed you. But what exactly does this mean? Obviously, you didn't drown physically. So what is Paul saying? Well, let us skip ahead to verse 6, where Paul says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The death that Paul speaks of then is not physical, but spiritual, the death of this old self of ours. The Greek for that phrase, old self, is palaios anthropos, this old person that that we once were but are no longer. Uh, Palaios is the Greek word where we get our word uh, paleontology from, the, the study of old fossils. And so what, what Paul is saying is, is that when you were baptized, your old self was destroyed. It was fossilized. You were given a new identity. You were washed clean of all of your sin and made holy. The old you was killed off. And the new you was made alive with Christ. As Paul writes elsewhere, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Jesus was baptized to identify himself with us. We are baptized to be identified with him. When Jesus was baptized, he took our sin upon himself. When we were baptized, he took our sin away from us. Back in the days of Noah, God had flooded the earth to drown the evil of the world and to rescue his people from it. In baptism, God has done the same for you. In 1 Peter 3, we read that the waters of Noah's flood correspond to the waters of your baptism. Just as those waters then drowned the wickedness of the world, the waters of your baptism drowned your old self, putting to death the power of sin in you and over you. Peter is even audacious enough to say that this baptism, and I quote, 
now saves you. Your baptism saves you from sin, from Satan, from yourself. Paul will go on in chapter 7 of Romans to say, So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead. Now on that note, uh, make sure you tune in next week to Pastor Brandt's sermon. Uh, He's going to be talking about that a little bit more. I believe his title is, You Are Not Your Own, Deal With It, which I have to admit is a much better sermon title than Life by Drowning. But Life by Drowning is exactly what you have. Because your baptism not only killed you, your baptism also raised you from the dead. And so as we read again through, through our reading in Romans chapter 6, I think we notice three specific ways that Paul declares this to be true. Paul says that we have new life now, that we have resurrection soon, and that we have freedom forever. The first of these is found in, uh, in the second half of verse 4 where Paul says that, that we died with him in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. By giving us a, a new way to live life, baptism actually gives us an entirely new life to live. And this new life consists of a daily spiritual death and resurrection, which comes in the form of repentance. As Martin Luther writes in his large catechism, What is repentance but an earnest attack on the old man and an entering upon a new life? If you live in repentance, therefore, you are walking in baptism, which not only announces this new life, but also produces, begins, and promotes it. We live our new baptismal life when we come before God daily to confess to him the evil of our hearts and our actions and to leave them behind us and to start anew. This is life by drowning as we plunge into our baptism and find life and salvation there again and again and again. Luther continues, The power and effect of baptism is simply the slaying of the old Adam, or that that old self Paul talks about, and the resurrection of the new man, both of which actions must continue in us our whole life long. Thus, a Christian life is nothing else than a daily baptism, once begun and ever continued. But actually, this, this life of daily repentance will come to an end on the day that death will be no more. You see, this new life that we live now points us to to the resurrection that is to come, to the day where, where Jesus will raise us not only spiritually this time, but also physically. We find this in verse 5 of our reading where Paul writes, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And what was Jesus' resurrection like? Glorious, victorious, physical. His body restored and, and perfected, reunited with his soul forever. To return to Luther one last time, since the water and the word together constitute one baptism, body and soul 
shall be saved and live forever. The soul through the word in which it believes. The body, because it is united with the soul and apprehends baptism in the only way it can. In other words, the fact that God doused you with water, that he got your body wet in baptism, shows that he cares enough about your body to save it. Your baptism literally raises you from the dead. It is with this hope of resurrection that we have been set free. For one who has died has been set free from sin, Paul writes in verse 7. Through the gifts given to us in our baptism, we have been eternally liberated from the power of sin and hell, forever released from Satan's hold on us. Death no longer has dominion over Jesus, and so it no longer has dominion over us. For the one who was baptized in the waters of the Jordan has baptized us with the Holy Spirit, just as John said he would. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, Paul would write to the Corinthians. And the Spirit of God is with us here and now. Because at your baptism, the Spirit who hovered over the waters at creation and at Jesus' baptism was hovering over the waters at your baptism. And it was there that he entered into your heart as a pledge and guarantee of your eternal life and victory and freedom. Water can be a dangerous thing. In water, we were drowned and we were raised. And now we are dangerous. Dangerous to the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Dangerous to the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Dangerous to Satan and his demons. We live now in the life and the freedom of the spirit of the living God. And we will go forth from here today to die and to rise again tomorrow and every day after that until the day that Jesus raises us on that last day when we will drink from the river of life for all eternity. Until then, live by drowning. In Jesus' name, amen.